Hey guys, this is Kyle Klammer. And this is Zach Welch. This is The Good Life Bow Hunter, the official podcast of the NBA. That it is, man. It's good to be back. It's been a little while. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, we've been we've been busy though for sure. Definitely. Between hunting and work and school, man, it's it's hard to find time to do anything, but it's finally slowing down. So Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been kind of crazy, crazy year here. But luckily, you've still been able to go hunting and stuff. So, oh, I know it's it's always it's hard enough finding time to to go as it is, and let alone throw in everything going on with all the virus and with school and everything. Man, it's just it's been hectic. Hard to find time to even breathe. I guess. Yeah, for sure. For sure, man. It's been. Uh, I don't know. Just it's been one of those years, I guess, but sure glad we've been able to get out though and do some hunting for sure. But no, oh, I agree. Um, well yeah, I guess uh, you know, it's been kind of a while since we've done one, so I figured we'd just kind of get caught up on what's been going on and um yeah, I don't know. Get uh get uh just go over what I guess past couple hunts we've been on and kind of maybe highlight some upcoming events or as far as, uh, you know, guest speakers we might have on here in the future sometime and just sort of go, I don't know, get kind of caught up a little bit, I guess is sort of my thoughts, but. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. And like you said, we were talking before we started recording here, we're, things are kind of slowing down for both of us now. We can get finally kind of get back into more regular routine. We're hoping to get a lot of guests on here and yeah, hopefully cranking out quite a few episodes here now. So yeah, no, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, say it's time to catch up and, and, uh, tell some stories, I guess. Absolutely. Um, yeah, man, any NBA announcements we need to tell anybody about before we get rolling? You know, I don't think I have any major NBA announcements. Um hoping to maybe talk with Luke Maduna here or one of the biologists anyways to I know our members are probably curious what harvest numbers were like for for the rifle season. Um I was gonna hopefully try to get those numbers for the next meeting. I unfortunately wasn't able to make the last meeting, but uh, I don't think there's anything too major to announce. As far as the banquet and stuff goes, they, you know, they, I think that's too early to, to tell. I know a few people are probably starting to wonder, even though it's a few months ahead. Um, you know, it's just too far ahead to know anything on that. So, yeah. but no, overall, there's nothing new to announce or anything. Okay. Sounds good, man. Well, I guess we'll just jump right into it. What, uh, tell me, man, how's the, uh, I guess, yeah, let's start with your trip up to South Dakota. I guess you went a couple times, but. I was going to say which one, the first or the second one, because those are yeah. two completely opposite ends of the spectrum as far as storytelling goes. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Start at the beginning. <laughs> well, the beginning was the heartbreak, but, uh, and I, so after I shot the second buck, I, I kind of thought I was done for the year, I guess, and besides doe tags and maybe a trip to Arizona. And so I was kind of just smooth sailing and that lasted about a week and uh, kind of saved up some cash 
this summer just from doing odd jobs here and there for helping my dad mow and stuff and selling some stuff and kind of had in the back of my mind I, I uh, last year looked at picking up a South Dakota tag after I was tagged out and didn't get around to it it's probably my busiest semester of school so it was a good thing I didn't decide to do that and uh, this year I had a little more time and kind of thought it over for a few days and I'm just like well you know as bad as I wanted to kill a muley you know I saved money for this so I might as well put it to use for what I saved it for so long story short I, I ended up buying the tag and and uh, South Dakota actually has to mail the physical permit to you can't just print it off so I had to wait for my tag to come and it got here just in time and I had four days off for fall break uh, Saturday Sunday Monday, Tuesday. And so I drove up um, on Friday, I believe. Yeah, Friday night. And uh, I actually stayed with my good buddy Kyle Metzger up there. I I had no idea what to expect. I had never been in this area before. kind of looked it over on the maps and, you know, I was kind of going in blind a little bit. And uh, opening morning, or not opening morning, the first day I was there, um, I got up on just a tall ridge and was glassing down into these breaks and it was just big, big open country with breaks and deep cuts and just what you dream about hunting muleys in. And, and, uh, right away I started seeing deer, a lot of deer. And, uh, I saw a shooter buck right away, pretty much first hour of the hunt I wanted to go after. And, uh, I ended up making a stock on him and he must've slipped out of the draw that, that uh, I'd seen him going because I got up there and he wasn't there. And uh, this country is just so big, you know, it's just hard to, you know, by the time I got over there, you know, he could have been a mile gone, but it was just sure. took so long to cover by myself. I didn't have anybody else to glass for me. And uh, so anyways, I, I kind of walked around a little bit and that day it started off absolutely gorgeous. And by mid-afternoon, it was snowing and wind was howling. I actually ended up getting on him. And uh, um, I actually ended up hitting this buck. I It was snowing so hard I could barely see. I, I remember spotting him, and he was clear across. I mean, I don't know how far he was. I had to go down across this creek into this opposite break, clear I mean, he had to be close to a mile away. And so I haul over there. And when I left my pack where I had my spot and scope sitting, it was kind of just a light drizzle. And man, I kid you not, by the time I got over there to him, and it took a little while, but I made pretty quick work of getting over there because he was bedded. By the time I got to him, it was snowing so hard I could barely see. Yeah. And anyways, I get up to him and he's bedded right behind this tree. And uh, I believe he was just over 50 bedded and I'm just like all right he just needs to stand up and kind of walk out into opening and uh there had been a decent wind blown when I got up there and uh by that time it was kind of calm and kind of felt like it was shifting a little bit and the snow was coming down so hard I kept kind of having to move my bow around to keep it off and uh finally he stands up I don't I don't know if he kind of caught a whiff or something and he steps out and I just took my time and I shot and it 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 honestly looked good when I shot him and he took off running over the hill and I went up there and already by then there was like an inch or two of snow on the ground like it was coming down hard 
Yeah. And there was a, there was a lot of blood on the ground. I mean, it looked like a double lung hit, like like it was spraying. Yeah. I was like, oh, this thing's toast. And I followed blood for several hundred yards, and it he just kept going. And I was like, what the heck is going on? That arrow looked great. And uh, I actually ended up finding my arrow, and he kind of went down in this deep creek bottom that was on another person's property. I'm just like, I don't want to go too far into here with not knowing what the heck I'm, you know, who's, whose place this is. Sure. But uh, it was snowing so hard. I'm, I'm like, there's going to be three inches of snow on top of this blood by the time I get back. Yeah. And so I, I marked the spot on my map and I'm just like, well, he's following this creek. He's not going to get up out of here if he's hurting too bad. Mm-hmm. So I had to go back, hike clear back to my car, which was a couple miles away at least. And so I, I got there, found this guy's house. He gave me permission, go back, hike a couple miles back in there. And by now the snow had melted mm-hmm. but by the time I got back there. And uh, I followed blood for, man, I I don't know. I looked at my phone at the end of that day and it said I had covered 13 miles. And now I actually had Kyle come help me trail and his buddy and Kyle held my phone for a while and I, I had to put close to 15 miles on that day. We picked everything apart and, uh, I was heartbroken. I was like, gosh, dang, you know, that shot looked good and it felt good. And he was a nice buck. Don't get me wrong, but, uh, he, he was nothing compared to what I was about to see. And so I searched the rest of that day. It got dark and I actually, uh, went in there. So the next day, Man, I'm trying to think what happened the next day. I don't know if I, I, I can't remember. I don't think much happened day two from what I can remember. My memory's not the greatest. Anyways, to make a long story short, I found the buck I hit again. I can't remember if it was the end of day two or day three. Huh. Um, I found him again, and he was perfectly fine. It had went kind of through the bottom of the brisket and just, oh, really? yep. I've. I mean, I've had that happen before on deer where they bleed like crazy and it's a brisket hit and they're fine. So that was a huge relief for me. I was like, man, you know, from the blood I saw, my heart was telling me that that deer was dead. Yeah. And uh, when I first started trailing him and by the time it came to the end of that day, I was like, well, he's probably alive, but you know, he's, his odds maybe aren't great if he gets infection or something. And he was chasing does like he was, 110 percent by the next time i saw him so that was a a huge relief for me i mean i that was like man if i even if i don't kill one on this trip i'm just glad that that deer's alive and so uh i i watched that buck and i actually was going to try to make a play on him and then uh i ended up having to run in with a giant i mean this thing was probably without a doubt the biggest typical muley i've ever seen Mm-hmm. and uh so he, he this day it was calm it, like dead calm and i'm he goes down and beds in this little cut just right where you'd want him to i mean where you dream of embedding and uh i actually stripped down to my tights took off my boots so i was in my tights and my socks and i was like inching along like i'd take a step and i'd glass i'd take a step and it took me forever to get on this buck and finally i kind of get to the edge of the cut to where he had been in and uh i see his tine sticking up out of the grass Mm -hmm. so i start belly crawling up there 
and I get to the edge of the cut and uh, 62 yards is as close as I can get. And I'm just like, man, I, I'm comfortable if, if he stands and gives me a shot here. Mm-hmm. If he stands up broadside, I, I'm pretty confident I can make this shot. So I sit there for a while and uh, he finally stands up. I, you know, my legs at this point, after you sit on them, it feels like they're, there's needles in the bottom of your feet. I was driving myself insane. But uh, he finally stands up and I range him at 62 and I draw back and just took my time and man, I shot right under him. Mm. And uh, honestly on that shot, I don't know what went wrong. Um, I shot my bow after that and it was hitting a little low. And uh, so anyways, um, he bounces out there and up and over the hill and out of my dreams. And that, that was by far the biggest deer I'd seen. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I still think about that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Uh, I think we have a run on with him on trip number two. I'm confident. It's pretty confident. It's the same buck, but I can't tell you hundred mm-hmm. percent. Um, anyways, got on a couple deer, uh, after that didn't, uh, didn't end up connecting that trip. So anyways, day four, I'm driving home and I think I'd covered around 40 miles and about three and a half days. And I was pretty exhausted and on my trip home, you know, it, that was the end of fall break. I was like, man, school's going to be, you know, getting pretty tough here and rifle season's coming up. I don't know when I'm going to get back. I might get one more go at this and that's about it. And uh, so anyways, I made a plan halloween weekend to return and uh so that that friday came around and i drove all the way up there from carney ended up making the trip in one day and i think from carney it's a little over five hours Mm -hmm. got in uh that night and my dad actually planned on coming up from our cabin he was our friends from maryland were here he was gonna drive up from our cabin to come meet me on saturday morning which I mean, from Meadville, it's probably just a little over two and a half hours. So I slept up there that night and he met me early that next morning. And we go to the edge of this canyon and started glassing right away, started seeing deer again. And man, this, this time, uh, they were pretty fired up. The, they were around does more and were acting a little more ruddy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, anyways, we, we crawled, the wind was howling this day. I mean, it was perfect stocking conditions and uh we ended up we ended up i mean right off the bat getting on this buck and uh he was probably the smallest one i i had made a stock on yet but i mean at this point i was ready to shoot whatever i mean i was i had a i had a bone to pick with these muleys and i was about to let the first decent thing have it yeah. And, uh, so we so we crawl up on this buck and he was bedded on a big side hill and uh we're kind of pushing the stock a little bit because my we had seen a bigger buck and my dad's like well let's let's try the smaller one because he's closer and he's like if it doesn't work out it's not that big of a deal we'll go after that bigger one that's bedded with some does over there so we're kind of pushing it a little bit and we get to we were at 55 and, and, uh, I was, I was running out of room. I mean, there was, I was getting kind of the top of this little hump and he's bedded on a side hill and there's a little valley between us. And I'm just like, well, if I get up any further on this side hill, he's going to see me silhouetted. 
and we have we have a strong crosswind i mean i i kid you not this cross it had to be close to 40 mile an hour and and my dad's like well if you hold at the front of his chest he goes you're probably gonna have about six inches of drift and so i'm i'm holding him's like i'm kind of on the front of his shoulder i'm just like well if i tuck it right there i'm guessing it's gonna blow it probably six to eight inches i should be good and i shoot and that arrow hit behind the deer's butt I i don't know if it was whipping through that valley harder or what it hit, I mean, three and a half foot off of where I was holding. I was like, man, that wasn't even close. And I'm just glad I missed. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. honestly, looking back, if I knew it was blown up that hard through that valley, I probably wouldn't even shot. But uh, where we were, it didn't feel that bad. Yeah. But that's not the worst part. Um, about eight yards in front of us jumped up, probably a 160 class four by four. And had I decided to crawl two yards closer, I would have seen the tips of his tines sticking up down. He was bedded on the uh, lower part of the hump just below me. And he bounces out to 20 yards and I get another arrow and just get the full draw and he takes off and bolts. And so that was a huge gut punch. I mean, that was like, man, if I would have just not got so greedy and, decided to crawl two yards closer i probably could have seen him there but i mean who knows if that younger buck would have saw me and then spooked him so anyways can't do anything about it now so uh that happened and uh we decided to go after the bigger buck and uh we get up right get right up on that buck and then we get up behind a cedar tree and he's bedded on a big side hill with all his does and we're laying there at like 80 some yards for I don't know, two and a half, three hours maybe. And finally my dad's just like, Zach, he isn't moving till evening. He's like, you might as well drop back out of here, circle clear around and come up that's that on that side hill and pop up behind a yucca and try getting a shot. So I pick out a yucca up on top of the hill that was in line with that buck. And I just start back crawling out of there. I mean, I was inching my way along and I dropped back off of the ridge behind us run a huge circle clear around and uh finally come up on the hill that was behind them and uh, i thought i had my yucca picked out i come up behind the yucca the one i had in mind and uh, the buck's not there he had gotten up and was actually walking towards my dad and he walked by my dad i think at 67 or 68 yards Hmm. and uh anyways i i can't see where he's at and I look over and there's a doe that has me pegged at like 50 yards and so I just lay flat on my belly and don't move and finally she loses interest in me and walks away and here comes the buck to like almost exactly where she was standing Mm. and uh, he's like looking around trying to figure out what she was looking at and he stands up on the ridge and I range him and uh, I draw back and I shoot and took my time and it looked good and same thing right below that buck Mm. and at this point i was like i don't know it was definitely the lowest point in my bow hunting career that i can ever remember yeah i'm normally a pretty positive person i i'd like to say i'm persistent but at this point i mean i was beating myself up hardcore and my dad my dad kind of knew I was feeling that way and 
by this time is mid afternoon and he comes up to me and we were talking. He's like, you should have dropped off the backside of the ridge and came up a little bit closer after that doe walked away. You probably would have had a 30 yard shot at him, but I mean, who knows? You can talk about that stuff all you want. They say hindsight's twenty twenty, but in the moment, you know, you're just trying to do what you think's best. Um, yep. Yeah. Your clearest thinking always comes afterward. But uh, anyway, so we walked back to the pickup and and uh, decided to get something to eat because we had hardly ate a bite that day, and uh, take a couple practice shots. And of course, they're right on. And I'm just like, man, why couldn't that have happened on that muley? And like I said, I was beating myself up hardcore at this point. I was like, man, you know, this is just a gut punch, you know, time and again. It's been the story with these muleys. Anyways, we go back and decided to hunt the edge of the sunflower field that night, still standing that I'd seen quite a few deer on. Right away, we find a buck that's coming off of the field and going into the hills to the north. And it was the biggest buck we'd seen the trip by far on the trip. And, and, uh, he, he leaves the field and he goes into the breaks to the North and we of course go hauling right after him. We left the pickup, grab our stuff and go after him. And we ended up following him into the breaks and didn't end up getting a shot at him. And, uh, he actually ended up leading us right to another herd of deer. And, uh, by this time it's starting to get evening. And so, he ends up going on to the neighbors and uh but this other buck that he kind of led us to was a decent buck i mean i would have been happy to shoot him so we're following him actually along this creek bed it's him and all his does and we're just following him and they're staying like at 100 120 yards ahead of us and we're just not able to they're just not in a good position we just keep kind of dogging them hoping they'll go into the hills to where we can make a play we're following him along the creek bed and uh so we're following this buck and his does kind of go up out of the bed and so we this bend and the buck kind of starts going up towards him and i glass down the creek and there's a big buck i not a big buck uh i see this deer bedded down 300 yards from us along the creek bed and I, so i pull up my binos and i'm just like man that nice buck and he he looks over and he throws the glasses up and he's like, screw this buck. He goes, we're going after that one. And, uh, so we drop back down in the creek and follow it along and, uh, kind of, we find a little knob that that's right in line with this buck and we we belly crawl up there and we pop up over the knob and there he is bedded on the other side of the creek still. And, uh, my dad ranges him. He's like 68 yards. And by now the wind had died down. It was like dead calm. And the buck stands up out of his bed perfectly broadside and looks at the other deer that we had just been following, this other buck. And uh, he ranges him at 68, and I draw back, and and I just take my timing. I mean, I took a solid at least 10 seconds and just held my pin and just squeezed, and I shot. And, I mean, that arrow hit him, and it, it looked, I mean, perfect. It, I saw my fletch sticking out, and he bolted up the hill as fast as I've ever seen a deer run and he flipped around 180 and crashed back down on the creek below us. And, uh, my dad's just, my dad's like, man, that looked like a really good shot. And by now it's, I mean, 10, 15 minutes of light left. Yeah. He's like, he's like, that looked really good. And so we go up to the top of the hill and we don't see him. And my dad's like, we're going to have to come back with the flashlight. And, uh, he's like, it'll give him a little bit of time anyways. 
So we walk back to the pickup and come back with the lights. And, you know, you always, when, when you see, don't see them go down, you know, you're always second guessing yourself. And I'm just like, man, the arrow looked good. It, it happened so fast though. I mean, that deer was running a thousand miles an hour when he took off running. It, it was hard telling. And, uh, there, we looked to where I'd hit him and there wasn't any blood or anything. And, it's like man that arrow looked good you know what you're second guessing yourself so we come back with the lights and by the time we got to, to the pickup and back there it had been well over an hour and so we just start we just start creeping along the creek and my dad's kind of shining up the bank and it was just like this steep creek where like it was like a straight drop so like he could be in any little I mean nook or cranny there and sure. we're going along and finally i i'd see my dad's light just at the edge of it i see tines sticking up out of the grass and we high five we're just like oh man awesome you know and we we go down there and man kyle when i picked up this deer when i shot him i mean when i first saw this deer my thought was i'm shooting this deer i i mean at this point i would have shot i mean anything decent i mean when i i'm gonna be honest with you when i first saw him i thought he was a mid 130s four by four yeah and had had no idea he was this big i i went into shooting mode after i saw he was the shooter and when i picked this deer up i had no clue he was that big yeah um i, I was in shock the and i'll never forget it sitting down in that creek bed it was silent for a few minutes and that was one of the highlights of my hunting career right there with my dad sitting there just looking at this buck i mean i was just I was just grateful beyond what I can put into words after everything that had happened, the trip before that and everything that happened that day. I mean, it was, man, it's hard. It's hard to put into words what that deer meant to me, but man, that was probably my favorite deer hunt of all time. No, absolutely, man. That was a stud buck with a capital S. <laughs> yeah. sure, I wasn't expecting to run into a whitetail like that, I guess I should say. I guess, man, I forgot to even mention that. And, uh, it was a whitetail. It wasn't even a muley. Yeah. People who, people who hadn't even seen the picture probably thought I'm talking about a muley right now. but Yeah, I don't no, know. I would say. yeah man. I, yeah, your dad sent me a picture of it i guess and said so much for mule deer or something like that i just yeah <laughs> but anyhow, no that's awesome man that was great great deer so congrats on that for sure and just a yeah. heck of a trip man yeah you know those you know that spot and stock and man and just like cow it's such a mental game and just things go wrong and you you miss deer and you miss, you know, whatever you're hunting, miss antelope, miss deer, miss, you know, whatever. Um, and it just, man, it just, it, I totally know what you mean. Like just, you just like, after so many times failing and then oh, yeah. and, you know, like, it's so down and then I don't I, know. Then, I agree. Like, like I said, I'm, I'm a positive person, you know, it's hard for me to get down. Yeah. That. I mean, even the trip before when, when I didn't get that one and when I miss, I'm still like, you know what? I'm out here having a blast. This is awesome. I'm getting opportunities. I can't ask for much more. And yeah, I, I'm not going to lie to you that, that second trip, that first day when, when I missed that one, you know, I was like, I was way down on myself and yeah. it just felt like if something could go wrong, it was. And I hate to sound like 
you know, oh, woe is me. You know, I, I know you're not entitled, ever entitled to anything, but man, I just, I was way down on myself and, you know, just shows you just, you got to be positive and even me, I mean, even when I consider myself to be positive, you got to stay positive and stay persistent because pouting never gets you anywhere and being negative doesn't solve anything. Um, well, that's yeah. why we work, that's why we work hard in the off season, you know, it's, yeah. it's the, it's the suck that you got to get through it just when it pays off, it makes it that much sweeter. For sure. No, and it can happen just as easy on the last day as it can on the first day. So absolutely. <laughs> or, I mean, I don't know if that was the last day or not for you, but, but you know what I mean though? It's like, yeah, I, I know what you mean. Uh, yeah man always no, sweeter when it does happen after adversity though even when it sucks in the moment yeah absolutely for sure yeah no heck of a hunt man congrats again that was an awesome deer yeah thank you lot to be lot to be learned from just those stocks and hunts too like you're talking about i mean every every stock is a learning opportunity and I often wonder about how I continue to make the same mistakes a lot of times, but, <laughs> but I know, right. Things you learn after, after a few, but, uh, seems like there's something new you learn on every failure. That's what I love about it. Yep. For sure. You, you learn a lot more from your fa- failures than you ever will your success. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, but, man. Oh, uh, <clears throat> then, uh, let's hear about, hear about some of your hunts uh you've been on some crazy ones lately yeah man no i uh i mean i guess pretty much the main one here recently was uh well i mean my uh, buddy neil neil han and i we went out to northeast iowa here i guess we left a couple days before halloween on like that Wednesday before Halloween and we were out there for a week, but, um, yeah, man. Uh, I don't know. I hesitate to even, even say this or even mention it, but, (laughs) but, uh, you know, dude, it was just incredible. Um, I mean, I think there's a reason that people go to Iowa. Um, you know, there's a reason that, uh, they're pretty jealous about their, I don't know if jealous is the right word, but they, you know, they guard their deer pretty closely and, you know, takes a while to draw a permit and stuff. Cause I mean, the experience you get out there is just unlike anything you could ever imagine, like here in Nebraska. I mean, I know there's good places to hunt deer in Nebraska and don't get me wrong. There's a lot of good places to hunt deer, but, um, I just have never seen anything like that out there. I mean, here anyways, but, um, it was, uh, it was pretty cool. Um, you know, like I said, we got out there, um, you know, that, well, we left Wednesday after work and we actually didn't end up getting to, um, where we were staying. Like I said, this is way Northeast Iowa, clear up in the kind of Northeast corner there. Um, we didn't end up getting to our campsite until like five in the morning so i mean we drove through the night it was quite a quite a trek (laughs) to say the least but um but uh yeah we ended up pulling into camp and got camp set up and stuff and got uh i don't know by the time we got camp set up everybody else was 
in the campground was pretty much getting up to go hunting, but we were just kind of like, you know what, let's get a few hours of sleep and we'll hit it hard the rest of the day and this evening and stuff. And so, um, so anyways, we end up, uh, we end up heading out, I don't know, sometime probably around lunchtime, I guess. And, um, you know, after we'd gotten up about 10, 10 30 sleep, you know, we slept for four or five hours or whatever, and just kind of got some rest, ate some lunch and got the rest of camp set up. And then, like I said, we end up heading out. And so I guess a little backstory, um, you know, I, I had done just a ton of e-scouting on a bunch of public areas and that's what we were hunting i mean we were just we were just hunting public land out there um and you know i just i'd looked at maps over and over and over you know i'd picked out kind of a few spots that i thought you know trying to maximize you know limit access maximize the distance from the parking lot you know and then just kind of looking at some you know, even like some overlooked pieces, I guess, so to speak. Um, but anyways, I kind of ended up deciding, well, I guess I had like a, I mean, you always have backup plans, you know, <laughs> um, and, uh, end up, uh, had like an A plan, a plan B plan C and so on and so forth. But, um, ended up, uh, we said, well, we're just going to go over and we're, I'd, my first choice of an area was um, just this little piece of public land that, you know, it wasn't more than, it's about 200 acres, honestly, just maybe a touch over 200 acres, which I mean, is a decent sized piece, but kind of had everything I was looking for, limited access to, it was a pretty long walk back into kind of the main part of it. Um, looked like from the aerial photo photography, there was crop fields all around it basically. And kind of one main Canyon with a bunch of, you know, fingers and stuff off of it. And, um, but anyways, um, and, uh, you know, so we end up going over to this place and we actually weren't even planning on, um, sitting there that night. Um, you know, we just, we thought, well, we'll just go scout this. Um, and I'd actually thought, well, we'll sit there tomorrow, you know, the following morning, I thought we'll go sit there because it was, the wind seemed like it would probably be right for, um, you know, and again, I didn't even know for sure if the wind would be right or not. I didn't know how the deer were going to be using these pieces. I mean, you can kind of, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, sort of, uh, gather, I guess what you think they're going to do just based on where the you know, the food is and so on and so forth, but you really don't know for sure until you get in there and just kind of see what's going on. But, um, but anyways, we roll in, um, and we didn't even grab our, we actually were running tree saddles on this trip and I don't know if anybody else has used tree saddles or not, but if you haven't look them up, um, highly recommend giving those a try for anybody that, you know, does kind of this style of hunting where you're, you know, hunting public land, or maybe, you know, you don't have a lot of tree stands and you have a piece that you're hunting and you need to be a little bit more mobile works good. But anyhow, that's beside the point, but we just kind of grabbed our bows and binos and headed out and man, dude, we just started like everywhere we went, like just seeing deer sign, like, um, 
Oops, phone's going off here. Um, and uh, it was just incredible. Like, I mean, there was just scrapes everywhere, tracks all over the place, rubs everywhere. I mean, you know, it's funny. We're walking along the trail, like, I don't know, 50 yards from the parking lot. And I kind of was like looking up ahead and I'm like, oh man, that looks like a really good spot for a scrape underneath this limb. And <laughs> we just walk up there and here's this scrape right underneath this limb, like just, you know, and then never <laughs> without even that and I there was one right there you know just like just crazy but so we ended up getting in there and like I said just saw a ton of sign um there wasn't a single car in the parking lot when we got there so I mean again this is like you know a little smaller piece but um but uh, yeah get in there and kind of get back into the main part of it um and you know I mean just started seeing deer like i mean we're we like you know see it uh we actually ended up i don't know we kind of walked across this there's a little creek in the bottom and um kind of a sort of a big open bottom with some real steep um hillsides ridges with kind of i'd call it i guess old growth timber and then there's kind of some thicker bushes and stuff interspersed in there but but anyways we end up um you know, we get up on this kind of across the creek on the south side of this creek and we're looking around and man thought, Oh man, this spot looks pretty good. We were kind of halfway up this ridge and there's a bunch of trails coming on this ridge. And I mean, actually what ended up drawing us over there in the first place was there was a giant rub, like, I mean, just plain as day. Like, you know, we saw it from 250 yards away, you know, like just like looked like a, yeah like somebody shining a strobe light over there like it was just like this massive rub and so you know we that's why it kind of brought us over there and so anyways we ended up deciding we're like well shoot like and there's so much sign here like let's just sit here tonight you know I mean that's kind of what we thought and so you know and I sort of said well you know Neil had been the one that kind of saw the rub and stuff and I was like well you sit here tonight like and then I'll just go like find a spot on the other side of the creek or something and we'll, and I can set up over there. Well, anyways, and then in the meantime, while we're sort of sitting here debating this, Neil looks out and he goes, buck, buck, you know, and here's this freaking giant. I don't even know what he was. Biggest buck we saw the whole trip. I think I, if he was like a eight by nine or something, I mean, just like some stupid, giant buck that you just you know that you read about in Iowa and you think you'll never see in your life and you know here he is plain as day just like running along the edge of this creek bottom you know 150 yards away I mean we watched him for probably five minutes or so and he was actually kind of there was a little buck in front of him um he was just kind of tagging along behind him I don't know if he heard us or saw us or something but anyway it's just this giant deer and so so then I mean at that point you know we'd seen couple bucks and there's a ton of sign and we're just like well we're not going anywhere else like we're just gonna sit here tonight you know and so so we hike back to the pickup get you know get our stuff and um hike back out i mean it's like a mile you know it's probably a mile hike from the truck to where you know kind of to where neil was gonna sit that night and so you know it's a decent decent jaunt for sure um it's not flat ground by any means. I mean, it's pretty up and down the whole way. I mean, you're, you're kind of walking on this mode path, but 
more or less, you know, it's, it's not like super strenuous or anything, but, but anyways, we get down in there and, um, get back with our stuff and Neil goes over to the other side and I had actually thought, well, I'm going to go, there's like a little draw that fed into that bigger bottom. And I thought, oh, I'll go set, set up there. And I actually hiked over there and like, there was just absolutely no way that I was even going to be able to pretend to set up in there. Cause <laughs> it looked like, it looked like the thickest, holiest hell you've ever seen in your entire life. Just in terms of like, I mean, the gnarliest stuff. Um, and so I didn't even, I didn't even attempt to set up over there. I was like, well, I'll just walk back and just kind of set up across from Neil. I mean, granted this bottom is probably, I don't know, 150 yards, 200 yards wide, maybe somewhere around there. Um, and the kind of the main part of the bottom is pretty open. It's just kind of grassy, you know, kind of a grassy area, I guess. Um, anyways. And then, uh, so Neil gets Neil setting up on the South side. I'm kind of on the North side on this Ridge, kind of where we had seen that bigger buck, um, travel kind of earlier. And I just thought, well, I'll just set up over here. I mean, not really expecting to see anything, but just like figuring, well, if nothing else, I'll be able to hopefully get eyes on something, you know, and it, I could, had a pretty good field of view. So I thought, well, if anything's traveling, I should be able to sort of get an idea of what, you know, what's going on. And anyways, kind of get set up. Um, shoot, I probably hadn't been there for, I don't know, maybe an hour. <laughs> hour and a half I suppose um and all of a sudden like I look up the ridge you know probably 40 yards away and here's this buck standing there and at first I'm looking at him and I'm thinking oh man do I you know it's like first day first hour of sitting you know really and I was just like man I don't know if I want to shoot this buck for sure you know and, and then and then I see, he takes a couple more steps. I kind of get a little better look at him and I'm like, boy, he's, you know, he's, he's pretty heavy. Like he's got some good mass. And then, um, but I'm still like, yeah, I don't know for sure. You know, it's first day. And, but then he like turns sideways, like, and I see his body and I'm just like, holy cow, this thing is a monster. <laughs> like just from a, from, I mean, not that he had the largest antlers of any deer I've ever seen, but just I remember just looking at his body and thinking, no, I'm shooting this deer. Like, this is obviously a mature deer, like, you know, three and a half plus for sure. Um, and uh, so anyways, he, he, he ends up, you know, kind of stopping facing me at about 25 yards. Um, and I couldn't tell. I don't know if he's working a scrape or just kind of standing there. I think he was kind of looking out over the bottom, just sort of you know, observing to see what was going on. And, and yeah, he ends up, I mean, just kind of starts walking right towards me and then sort of turns and is coming to my left. And I mean, I'm set up ready to shoot. I mean, just an ideal situation. I mean, I, I had already ranged all of the stuff around me and I mean, I knew there was a, you know, a tree that was like 20 yards that was behind him, you know? And so, I'm thinking, well, he's less than 20. That's, you know, that's good enough for me. So I draw back and, you know, kind of grunted at him, stopped him. Just, I don't know, pulled, 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 shot broke, hit absolutely right where I was looking. Arrow zipped right through him. He goes taking off like a, 
you know, um, like a bat out of hell and goes kind of running through this little ravine and then up onto this next ridge kind of straight to the west of me. And then he was kind of obscured by some brush, but you know, I was pretty sure I heard him fall over. Yeah. Um, I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but I was just like, I'm pretty sure he just fell over dead. And so anyways, but I, I thought, well, I'm not a hundred percent sure. So I'll just, I'll just kind of wait here for a minute. And, and, uh, I just waited and listened and listened and, you know, just expecting, hoping I didn't hear like leaves crunching or anything, you know, like a deer walking off. And cause I mean, he, when I last lost sight of him, he wasn't probably 60 yards away. You know I mean? He's still pretty cool. Yeah. Um, anyways, he, I mean, he turns out, I mean, he was dead right there. I ended up getting down. And actually when I walked down into the bottom, like into the open, I could look up on the hillside and see him plain as day laying dead there <laughs> so oh, um, right there then yeah he was he was dead so i mean so total time from shot to you know him falling over was probably i don't know maybe 10 seconds maybe <laughs> so i mean just how you want it it's crazy yeah it's awesome um so anyways i mean neil heard me getting down he comes rushing over and he's like oh man he's like i was pretty sure you shot because i you know, cause like I said, he's only a couple hundred yards away and yeah, you know, he saw the deer kind of run after I shot, but it kind of got obscured by some brush and he couldn't end up, he didn't see it fall over or anything, but, but I said, Oh no, man, he's, he's laying right up there on the hillside. And so anyways, we end up hiking, going up and getting up to him and yeah, I mean, nothing, uh, as I'll get to, you know, um, we certainly saw much, uh, much bigger bucks on the trip, but, um, you know, I was pretty tickled. I mean, uh, just, <laughs> I think mostly just because like, you know, it's not, it, I don't mean, I don't even know if that deer would make 115 inches, honestly. I mean, but you know, three and a half year old buck public land DIY, never been to this spot in my life, you know, just like, <laughs> I don't know. It was just too good to, it's just too good to pass up. And it's incredible. Yeah. I can't, couldn't even dream to, of it. Something like that happened. You know, you, yeah. you said you put in all that time scouting and just all these hours and like, Oh man, where are we going to hunt? You know, what, how many days are we going to take? And then there it is happens in the first several hours you're there. I mean, yeah. I mean, put in all this prep and then just boom, right off the bat. Yeah hit a home run that's yeah that's pretty incredible though i mean man yeah it was pretty uh it was pretty neat um but uh you know then the real work began <laughs> yeah <laughs> ended up you know we, luckily i brought my my i have a game cart that my dad and i kind of share it but sort of use it when we need it and um but man dude that was we earned that for sure i mean like i said we were you know, about a mile from the pickup at that point. And so we had to go get the cart and cart that thing the whole way out basically. And quite a haul. he was, he was pretty heavy. Like I said, it wasn't like we were on flat ground or anything either. He was, he was, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was, uh, that was quite the ordeal, but, but, uh, but yeah, anyway, so got, so man, we were, geez, hadn't even been there. 24 hours and we already got a deer down and so i mean basically the rest of that 
rest of that time, um, you know, we pretty much, I pretty much just sat with Neil basically, you know, every day we'd just go out and I'd, I'd sit about, you know, 30, 40, sometimes 50 yards away from him and just, you know, just to kind of, you know, observe and watch. And I mean, I had a doe tag too, but I kind of was figuring, well, I mean, I've already killed an elk this year and I've got now a full deer in my freezer and, you know, and plus I still got two Nebraska tags to fill. So <laughs> I was kind of yeah. thinking, you know, I've probably got plenty of meat and, um, and probably only going to end up having more at some point. So I wasn't too, too concerned with trying to fill that doe tag, I guess. But, um, but anyways, um, yeah, I guess, you know, to not sort of draw out the story too much. I mean, you know, over the next six days, I guess it was five, six days. Um, you know, I mean, we just had some incredible hunts. Um, you know, I don't think Neil would mind too much if I shared this, but I mean, this actually the next night, Neil ends up shooting this buck and, um, you know, it was just one of those weird deals. You know, I know everybody's had this happen when they're bow hunting. Um, I mean, I watched him shoot the buck, you know, it wasn't like there was any question, um, as far as what the shot was like, you know, I mean, uh, the deer, the deer stood under my tree at 10 yards and I looked at the arrow and thought that deer's dead, you know, and, um, it was quartering away, um, you know, pretty steep angle, but not like super crazy, you know, I mean, um, and yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, but long story short, we never found that deer. Um, and we looked hard. I mean, we blood trailed it probably three, 400 yards, at least maybe farther than that. Even, um, we actually ended up the next day. Um, next day we, you know, found blood again, lost blood. Um, the weird thing was the deer never bedded. Um, not one time, you know, in four or 500 yards of blood trailing, did he ever bed once, which I thought was very strange. That is strange. I remember you telling me about that. And that's yeah. just, that blows my mind. You know, if it's something like a backstrap hit or something, it's a different story. But man, when the, the deer is quartering away and where you were telling me that arrow was, not only did it blow my mind that, that deer wasn't dead, but the fact that he didn't bed, that's just, absurd yeah it's one of the strangest i i still don't understand it um i mean i just i can't <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense to me one of those freak deals man it's like i don't know i mean it just it's gonna bother me for a long time not only the fact that you know that just cause I mean, I, I stopped, I mean, that deer stopped right underneath my tree and I looked at it and I thought that deer's dead. And I even thought he was getting a little goosey. Like I thought he was going to fall, yeah, fall over dead under my tree, you know, <laughs> like, like that's what I thought was going to happen. But, but no, we, you know, we, we looked hard. I mean, basically the entire next day, um, every nook and cranny that we could possibly search on this public land. And, and I mean, and it just so happened that he ends up being in that draw that I was talking about, you know, that first night that I was going to go sit and 
I mean, you talk about, I mean, the thing of it is he could have been dead anywhere in there, but I mean, that stuff was like, I mean, you can't even take the thickest possible cedar thicket you've ever known and then multiply that by two. And then every single thing in there has a thorn on it. (laughs) Like that's what it was like, man. It was just crazy. Um, and so, I mean, like I said, we looked really hard, um, and I don't know. I don't know what happened to it. Um, but, you know, I I knew Neil was not feeling very good about that. And, you know, he's kind of new to bow hunting. Um, yeah. And uh, so I felt really bad about that. Um, not, not only from a standpoint of just because, you know, he's new to bow hunting. and But, uh, you know, he's kind of had a rough go at it these first couple of years. <laughs> I mean, he last year he shot the muley buck at it out at my place and um you know we he made a good shot i'm i'm sure it was a good shot um but it was snowing and blowing like crazy that night we couldn't find any blood so we ended up having to back out and that was that deer that i mean the coyotes virtually ate it all completely there was everything that was left i think he was holding in that picture pretty much yeah, I mean, I've never, I've never seen anything like that. I mean, it was just completely gone. Not even a, sh- not even a scrap of meat on there. I mean, the coyotes were chewing on the bones when we found it, like you know. And this was like less than twelve hours later, you know. It's yeah. just like crazy, but, but anyway. So I mean, he. So I was feeling bad about that, just you know, because I was like, man, this, <laughs> this is just not, not how you want to start out, but. um Anyways, you know, and it, you know, it was a nice buck, um, nothing like super crazy big, but not that that makes any difference, but you know, I I think it would have probably stung maybe just a little bit more if it had been just a monster, you know, like, like that, like that eight by nine we'd have seen, you know, I mean, that would have really hurt, but, um, but anyways, long story short, you know, we end up, we end up hunting hard, you know, the following days after that. And I mean, like I said, the crazy thing was like, I mean, I told you, I mean, there's all this sign, um, it's public land, it's 200 acres, like, and we probably didn't even cover, like, we probably covered 25% of it, realistically speaking, you know what I mean? Like, um, and, you know, just the sign was insane. I mean, probably saw a hundred scrapes at least, you know, on on 25% of 200 acres. So what's that end up being 50, hundred scrapes on 50 acres at yeah. least. I mean, um, you know, and then just countless rubs, I mean, deer trails everywhere. I mean, we saw, you know, we kind of kept track of what bucks we saw and, um, we saw, I think at least 12 shooter bucks in the week we were there. Um, you know, we see a, we saw a shooter every single time we sat. Um, we actually had an opportunity at a shooter every single time we sat. I mean, because, you know, I didn't have a buck tag, but every time we would sit together, I would have an opportunity at a, like a nice buck that was like just out of range for Neil. Um, you know, and, uh, anyways, it was just, it was pretty cool. And then, you know, long story short, we end up, um, last morning, you know, we were planning to, to head home. We actually, we're going to head home a little early and kind of surprise our wives and see our little girls. Um, 
but uh we end up sitting in the morning and this uh doe comes just screaming in like um actually on the same ridge neil hit that buck that we couldn't find um this doe comes screaming in um and uh we're sitting up there again and um and i'm thinking oh man there's good there's gonna be a buck behind this doe you know and i don't know probably a minute or two later sure enough here comes little year and a half old buck and i was like oh well he's probably not going to shoot that but then there behind it i see this i think it was a two-year-old or which i mean i'm pretty sure it's two-year-old four by four like not a big buck but just you know respectable buck and um and i kind of look at neil and you know we're, we're sitting probably i don't know 20 30 yards apart and um and he's like, you know, shaking his head, like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to shoot that one. I'm like, okay, perfect. You know, like <laughs> last morning. And so anyways, he ends up, Buck ends up coming in like right underneath him, kind of, kind of spooks a little bit almost, but you know, ends up, goes about 15 yards or to about 15 yards out, turns broadside after Neil kind of grunted at him and um, he shot and just a, maybe a hair back, um, ended up being fine. I mean, we, it ran off and I could see blood pumping out of both sides right away. And I was just thinking, oh, that's a dead deer, you know? And, um, of course, <laughs> you know, we'd said that before too. And, <laughs> um, yeah. but, you know, I felt, felt a little bit different about this one. And, you know, we found his arrow this time too. That was the other thing. We never did find the arrow on that other one, which was kind of a weird deal as well. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, um, so find his arrow and it's, you know, completely covered in blood. And I'm just thinking, you know, we're, I mean, we're following this blood trail and it's just like dumping blood out of both sides, you know? And so I'm thinking, you know, this, this is, and actually then the deer ends up running over onto, to private ground. And so we thought, well, you know, we need to call, get permission um, which actually, interestingly enough, um, you do not need permission in Iowa to track, um, to blood trail a deer. No kidding. You don't No. Really? Um, we didn't That's know that, but we did find that out later from a guy in camp. Um, yeah, as long as you're following blood, um, you, you don't need, you don't need to ask permission to trail a wounded deer, but anyways, wow. just to interesting tidbit if anybody's going out there hunting but um yeah um but uh but anyways we didn't know that and and i was glad we did what we did anyways um but we end up hiking out and drive clear around um you know i my onyx and kind of figured out who owned the ground we ended up talking to going talking to this guy and he said oh yeah you know he was a bow hunter too and he said no problem you guys you know kind of told us where we could pull the pickup up so we could get closer to it and you know, long story short, we end up walking down there and, um, we actually, we actually spotted the deer bedded and it was still alive when we got there. Um, but, um, luckily we saw it, we were plenty far away and it was, you know, in its last, its last throws, I guess, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, so it was, it was, uh, kind of a done deal, but but anyways, got the deer, and so Neil filled his tag, and yeah, we just had a, I don't know, just a really good hunt, man. Um, well, I'd say so. Yeah, I mean, anytime you can fill two, you know, two bow tags with 
in a week week hunting trip in a place you've never been on public land you know I agree. Yeah. Um, so we were pretty tickled and, and like i said i mean you know next we're definitely going to go back we've already started talking about that putting in and um you know just i think next time we'll probably try to be a little more choosy maybe um you know on on what we shoot but um but you know maybe not i don't know <laughs> But it was yeah. kind of in the just that when the time comes, but uh yeah, well, but, that's awesome, and right, like you said, first time going somewhere public land and just kind of scouting it yourself, man, you can't ask for much more than that, yeah, no, I and mean, then the just the crazy part, I mean, you know, it was uh I don't know, I just I, I really encourage anybody that has been thinking about it or wants to do it like um you know go to go go try Iowa once like just to I mean I know the tag's expensive um you know I think by the time it's all said and done by the time I mean depending on where you go you know if you go to some of the southeast or the southern units I mean those take four or five points to draw so you're talking fifty dollars a point plus the tag you know so you're eight, 900 bucks by the time you get a tag probably, which is a lot of money. I understand for a deer tag, especially when you can buy, you know, <laughs> two tags in Nebraska for what are they now? 35 a piece or something yeah. bucks or something, which, but I'm telling you, I don't know that you're going to find anywhere in the state of Nebraska that is country. And I mean, just a deer like that. I just, I mean, I could be wrong, but it's especially public too. I mean, it's like, yeah. I mean, a lot of their a lot of their public's better than our top end private here. Yeah, and I mean, and they you can tell too. I mean, they they care. I mean, that is managed for deer. Like, oh yeah, was that's absolutely. Why takes, that's why it takes several several years to draw, and it's not one of the states you can just go yeah. over the counter public land. You know, it's something you got to plan years in advance. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it was really cool. Um, yeah. And like I said, I mean, you know, we virtually hunted a 200 acre piece, um, you know, for a week, killed two deer. We saw one other hunter the whole time we were hunting. That's crazy. I mean, out of everything you told me, I think, uh, that's what kind of shocked me the most. I thought you'd run into a handful. Yeah. I mean, you know, we always saw some pickups parked there, but um, there's a trout stream that runs through that place too. And I know at least one of those was a trout fisherman. We met met him coming in and out a couple of times, but, but I'm sure there was, you know, I'm sure a couple of those were, well, actually I know one of, I know there was a guy that was hunting there, but we just never saw him, but, Cause he was staying at our campground and um, he, he said he, he hunted there one evening or whatever when I don't know if we were hunting or not, but anyways, he, he had been out there hunting. Um, but uh, so I, I know, I mean, and there was other guys that certainly knew about the spot. I mean, it wasn't like it was a huge secret. I mean, our, our other neighbor in camp, he'd shot a really nice five by five, probably about 145 inch buck. Um, and uh you know he he was 
he had he had had some trail cams set up on that place so you know so yeah. like i said i mean and he had shown you know shown us some pictures of some deer that he'd you know had seen over there and stuff and so like i said i don't i don't think it was any big super secret i just think you know we went the right time of year and um you know maybe it was a little bit overlooked just from a you know maybe from like a non-resident standpoint of you know it was smaller and maybe more people are looking to go to the to the bigger pieces and you know try to uh i don't know just just some thoughts i guess but so you know a couple of things i learned for sure was like i said you know um do do your e-scouting you know look at those maps try to find spots that have you know varying terrain water you know, food sources nearby. I mean, that's pretty much how I picked this spot. And I mean, it could not have been more right, you know, I mean, I, uh, and not to toot my own horn or anything, but just like, I mean, it just was what it was like. I mean, it was just incredible. Um, and, uh, and I'm sure I'm, I'm sure there's, I, I mean, I'm, I'm quite confident without even stepping foot on any of those other I mean, there's a bunch of public chunks up in that area. Um, I'm quite confident that there's deer on all of them. <laughs> and I'm quite confident that there's probably a lot of deer on all of them. Um, and so, you know, I think a guy just has to kind of pick one and give it a go and, and see what happens, you know? I mean, um, and just, uh, yeah, I think that's, that's one thing. The other thing, you know, I kind of mentioned, um, you know, what really worked well for that, um, you know, and I talked to Josh Flaster about this, um, the other day, um, uh, just was being mobile, um, using the saddles and stuff because he had mentioned we were talking and, you know, he was talking about, he's always got his camera gear and stuff. And so he'd always thought, didn't know how for sure that would work for him. But, but anyways, we, you know, and, for for our purposes you know neil and i i mean we obviously weren't filming anything really we were just you know we're just hunting um and man those worked really good i mean you know it it's a little bit of setup and take down every time but um i mean you can pick any tree virtually i mean as long as it's reasonably straight um and man they just work slick like they just were like we both said after we had left, like, I mean, you know, far exceeded um, our expectations, I guess, just of how they worked and how comfortable they were to sit in. You know, I mean, we're sitting in them six, eight hours a day and I mean, really wasn't an issue at all. Um, so I don't know, that was maybe another thing. If anybody's, you know, wanting to do some of that type of hunting or maybe you already do and you're wanting to, you know, give something else a try, like, I mean, especially if you're doing public land and you're kind of changing things up a lot. I mean, definitely. Yeah. Like you said, being able to pick any tree and just go with it. I mean, that's a, it's a huge advantage not having to have a, like you said, as long as it's reasonably straight, it's not like you have to have perfect one to try to fit a stand and you're more limited. You know, you see a deer moving in a certain area, you can go exactly where you see them, you know, the saddle like that. It's just, nice being mobile especially hunting public for the first time yeah 
Yeah, and I mean, you know, some places in Nebraska it'd be a little bit cumbersome. Um, you know, if you're having to, you know, if you're hunting in like places where there's a lot of cedar trees and stuff, yeah. it probably wouldn't be ideal just because, you know, I mean, if you're going to have to cut that many branches, you might as well just put up a tree stand at that point. <laughs> like, exactly. But I mean, you know, a lot of this was just like, you know, old, old hardwoods. Um, and I mean, I don't know if I cut a branch the entire week. Um, I don't, I'm pretty sure I didn't because technically you're not, I don't think you're supposed to anyways. And so I didn't want to get in trouble. So, <laughs> so I don't think yeah. I cut any, but, but, uh, but no, I mean, so, and it just works, you know, it, uh, um, yeah, for, for that stuff, especially, I mean, those old, you know, you know, anywhere from basketball to beach ball size, you know, old hardwood trees that are reasonably straight with not money branches on the bottom. Dude, it just freaking worked for those. So that was pretty, that was pretty cool. But so anyhow, I don't know. It was just a, it was a good adventure. Um, you know, we learned some stuff and, you know, kind of always ponder just what happened with that one deer, but I, I don't know. It's just one of those mysteries, I guess. I don't know if we'll ever know. Just a, just a freak deal. Yeah. I just, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad Neil got some redemption and I think he felt a lot better about the just the hunt in general after that. It's a good thing he said to sit that last morning. He had a chance to redeem himself and yep. Yep. kind of ease the pain a little bit. Yeah, I know. Absolutely. For sure. So but uh anyways yeah man that's uh kind of iowa for you and then yeah i mean i guess i've been you know hunting around lex here a little bit and down my brother-in-law's uh by farnham and stuff but gotten close to some pretty nice mule deer but just haven't quite haven't quite been able to seal the deal but that's much like you that's kind of been my my goal was i would have really wanted to shoot a I mean, it's still plenty of time, but really trying to shoot a Pope and Young mule deer this year. But I don't know. We'll see if it see if it ends up happening or not. I guess. But. <laughs> a lot, a lot of time left on the clock. A lot of good days ahead. Yep, yep. So for sure. But well, anyways, dude. I suppose better better uh, let you go, and um, I guess I don't have anything else really that's kind of the story um it was a good hunt and yeah it sounds like it man yeah it's a great hunt too and yeah man so <laughs> but uh you got anything else any other comments questions i i don't think so man i just man there's been a lot of good deer killed this year oh it's, man yeah for it's sure fantastic year both rifle hunters and archery absolutely absolutely yeah there's been some dandies like all across the board for sure so absolutely man well yeah looking forward to getting a few more episodes cranked out we got some good guests lined up i'm excited to talk to them and for sure the regular groove but for now man it was just good catching up and finally good to sit down and record an episode here and, and uh catch up absolutely absolutely so very good, man. Well, I don't think I've got anything else. So I suppose we'll, uh, 
let her go and we'll get get at you guys again next time so so as well i hope all that are listening had a good thanksgiving and yeah listening to us ramble a little bit anyways and for sure getting you guys some more content absolutely so yep yeah be looking for some little more regularity here coming up like zach said we'll start getting out some episodes a little a little more uh well spaced out here so (laughs) closer spaced i guess but anyways so good enough well yeah this is kyle clomer and this is zach welch and this is good life bow hunter official podcast of the nba very good good luck bow hunting guys we'll talk to you soon